Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zetner Geology Podcast, episode 116, At Water in the Sandpoil. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Whatever I usually say at the beginning of these audio episodes, it's been more than a month. I'm a bit rusty. Thank you for being here. Today's audio episode is a companion to a video that I posted a couple of days ago on my YouTube channel. I know, I know, you only listen to the audio episodes. You're young. You have a, an active life. You don't have time to sit even to watch a 30-minute video, let alone a 50-minute video, which I think this one was. Okay, I get it. And, you know, I, I continue to learn that uh, a substantial portion of the audience for these audio episodes are younger people, people under 30, uh, oftentimes students at the high school and college level, many of you geology students. So hats off to you. Thank you. And uh, if this is the only portion of my um, world that you are uh, consuming or experiencing, great. Hopefully these audio episodes stand alone and they uh, continue to offer something to you. Um, but for those that do have the time, uh, or maybe have already watched that Brian Atwater in the Sandpoil video, then um, here's a little bit of extra context for it. It's a backstory thing. Uh, I guess one major preamble before we begin. Uh, I am about to start a YouTube live stream series I get it. You don't watch the videos, whatever. But, you know, these live streams and this series of live stream programs on YouTube essentially is a combination of video and audio. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, field videos are, are filmed, uh, pre-recorded using an iPhone. Um, by now, I have practice using the, the camera, the, the, the camera slash phone. Uh, it's in 4K. Uh, there's HDR, whatever the hell that is. So um, these things look quite good, I think. I, at least I'm pleased with the way that they look. And of course, I edit things a bit. So um, that's a certain uh, part of what I can offer folks. The live streams uh, are just like they sound. It's video form, but the quality isn't as good. The video quality isn't as good uh, because I'm live. I don't know why. Maybe eventually that will not be a, a, a reality, but the point is it's not 4K. It's a bit more rough. Uh, maybe I'm feeling too good about myself these days, but I, I think I'm not stumbling around or having trouble with my words. So it's not like if I'm live, it's some sort of choppy, you know, super awkward thing. And I only make sense when I'm edited, basically. So I think there are some strengths for watching something live. Uh, the, the primary reason is you're part of a community. And, and whether you choose to punch a few words into the live chat or not, um, the scheduled business and the fact that we're all there together, there is a certain magic quality to that. And yes, that's a holdover from the days of the pandemic when I was live streaming five days a week. So the upcoming 
Alphabet series, A to Z, 26 live episodes on YouTube. It's called the Ice Age Floods, A to Z. And today's audio episode is involving the Ice Age for sure. And anyway, I, I'm, I'm about to announce when we are starting and what the schedule will be. I think the schedule is going to be a little bit different than what I've done in past winters with the A to Z series, but I'm still not entirely sure what I want to do. Anyway, I need to announce something soon because I think we're starting uh, the Alphabet series not too many days beyond that. Um, okay, so that's, that's the preamble. Let's get to the episode uh, content. Uh, here today. All right, well, Atwater, who's Atwater? Brian Atwater, a, I guess you would call him retired USGS geologist, but he's just as active as ever, it appears. And anytime I email him, I get a reply within about an hour. So like he always seems to be working, or at least on his computer, thinking about geology. So he's an inspiration on many levels. That's 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 one of them. There there, I think he's in his early 70s by now. But he's there's no uh, no signs of slowing down. And I have featured Atwater before uh, in a very memorable. Steamboat Rock episode. So if you if you happen to see that video, that's what I'm talking about. So he's back for a second video appearance, and he's such a big deal that I'm I chose to put his name in the in the title of the video and also this thing. But it's more than Brian Atwater this time, and that's really the context that I'd like to share um, on how this came to be. And where is the Sandpoil, by the way? It's in northern Washington. Um, you've heard of the Grand Coulee Dam, and there's a little town called Grand Coulee uh, right there at the dam, and that was home base for us last weekend. So right now it's the weekend of October 28th, 29th, 2023. I'm talking about the previous weekend, October 21st and 22nd. And Atwater and I, I've been I've been emailing with Brian because he is excuse me, because he's back thinking about the Ice Age floods. His career started uh, as a USGS employee in the early 1980s, and his first assignment was to map bedrock in northern Washington on what is now today the Colville Indian Reservation. Uh, And he... Before he knew it, he was he was getting away from mapping the plutons and the metamorphic rock of northern Washington, and he got interested in Ice Age flood deposits, even though he didn't have a lot of background in Ice Age floods geology. And he started meticulously mapping, describing, sampling glacial Lake Columbia sediments just north of the Grand Coulee Dam. And it's the Sandpoil River Valley. So the Sandpoil River comes south out of Canada and into northern Washington. But it's also referred to as the Sandpoil Arm because, of course, if you have a concrete lake, sorry, if you have a concrete dam in the Columbia River, and we do, the Grand Coulee Dam, there's a huge lake or huge reservoir back behind the dam. And there's arms of that artificial lake called uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Lake 
there's arms of that lake that, you know, is, is backed up water today. And one of the arms is to the north in the Sandpoint River Valley. It's called the Sandpoil Arm. Okay, good. So there is a very well-known USGS publication, a professional paper, published in 1986, written by Brian Atwater, on these glacial Lake Columbia sediments from the Sandpoil region. Well, you can't just easily drive up there and take a look at those beds. Well, why not? Well, the road access is not great to get to these cliffs that are uh, on both sides or margins of the Glacial Lake Columbia scene. In other words, the Sandpoil Arm is not easily accessible by highway. Plus, a bunch of it's on tribal lands, the Colville tribe land. And so Brian has a long history now of getting permits to go up. I guess that was the case back in the 80s, too. I've never asked him. But now, anytime he wants to go up and lead a field trip or, or do what we did last weekend, he needs permit process. Well, nice comment number one was when I was with Brian last weekend, he said, I just want to say that uh, thank you for being part of this because when I applied for the permit this time, I hardly had to go through much waiting and much paperwork like I normally do because your name was on the thing. And the folks that are in charge of the papers are aware of what you're doing, and they expedited the process. So that's a, that was a nice thing to hear. I don't know if he was just being nice or if that's real, but anyway, I get the, the, the perks of, of having this public persona in this, all these uh, episodes and in this case, having some Native American episodes with Randy Lewis did not hurt the situation. Okay, so originally this was just going to be Brian and I. I've been emailing with him over the last six months because I have been thinking about Brett. Many of you that listen to these audio episodes know this. You know what I'm up to. You know what I'm about to do this winter. I want to continue to think about if all the Ice Age flood water was younger than 25,000 years old, and if all the Ice Age flood water was clearly from Glacial Lake Missoula. And by now, I'm, I'm deeply into those questions. This weekend that I'm talking about today was not in the crosshairs of that necessarily. It is a late Wisconsin. It is a very young or the last glacial maximum story. But, you know, I couldn't help myself, and we did get into some questions involving earlier episodes. Okay, well, that's not the crux of what this episode is. This episode is that it was supposed to be originally just Brian and I, and we, we picked a weekend in August uh, to meet up there, and it was clear that he wanted to spend some time with me, and I, I don't think it was just because me. I think it's because I have the, the video oper operation. And uh, he's interested in public outreach and inspiring more work on the floods. And so I think that's why he was up for doing something with me. But as we got further along and then we realized, I can't even remember why he needed to cancel, but he needed to cancel in August. And so we picked this weekend in October. I, at some point, it's Brian's show. Brian likes to be in charge, and Brian likes to be meticulous in his uh, preparation for a weekend like this. So, you know, it's not like I was forcing the issue. But at some point, I guess it was back in August, maybe early September, I thought, you know, maybe 
maybe at some point I can ask if Jerome Lessman can be part of this. And so I have shared with you before here in the audio episode in the radio world, but let me try to do it quickly. Jerome Lessman, many of you know from the videos and maybe some prior audio episodes as well. And Jerome teaches at Vancouver Island University, and he has, uh, by now, more than 20 years of history with working on Ice Age flood topics, teaching about Ice Age flood topics, and yes, has been quite frustrated that he's been on the outside of the discussions, at least among the American geologists, and in a couple of cases, completely shut out. And new scientific papers uh, denied or not allowed to publish because of the gatekeepers of the story. No names, no names here. But as I've gotten to know Jerome Lessman over the last you know, eight or nine years, I have become personally uh, upset. That's a bit strong, but I've been trying to figure out how I could possibly help Jerome at least get in the game as opposed to being on the sideline. Well, why is this guy being on the sideline, you say? Why is his papers not uh, being published? Because he has work that is proposing that there's major amounts of water crossing the border from British Columbia and contributing to this Ice Age flood story. That's why. And a couple of the lead authors over the last half a century have been firmly against that idea. Okay. So, Atwater to me is different. He started his career in the floods. He made his headlines in his career working on earthquake research, the Copalis Ghost Forest on the western Washington coast, and so on. Tremendous work, groundbreaking work, world-famous work among geologists. But here he is at I quote unquote the end of his career and he's back to where he started in northern Washington and it seems like he's continuing not just this weekend with us but continuing and ideally he will continue possibly working with Jerome because we're now to the guts of the episode today I think it worked not only was Jerome involved and I found the right time, I guess, to make to ask if, if Jerome Lessman could be invited on this weekend. And then Jerome currently is co-writing a new paper with Joel Gombiner. I've also talked about him, University of Washington, uh, recent Ph.D. graduate. And Joel just had his dissertation published on Moses Cooley. And... Joel and Jerome. Okay, now the tone's going to be wrong if I start saying too many things about myself, but Jerome and Joel are co-authoring a paper right now, and they are working together because I got them together, basically. A year and a half ago, I'm with Jerome in the field, and he's talking about his frustrations about not getting published, and he's got all this data, and how can he somehow break through this barrier that he has? 
And then I'm also out in the field with Joel and learning about his work. And Brian Atwater was on Joel's committee. So I managed to get Joel and Jerome together. Maybe they would have gotten together otherwise, but uh, maybe not. And so, yes, Joel Gombiner and Jerome Lessman were with Brian Atwater. And I was there to film it and also be part of the discussions, mostly off camera. In other words, when the camera was not on. There was a fifth person. What? Uh, <laughs> wow. There was a fifth person with us, Karen, who was a representative of the Colville tribe. And she was fun to be with as well. So we, you know, I, I basically try to operate spontaneously and not do a bunch of planning for one of these videos. Brian has a different operation. So there were plenty of emails beforehand once it was clear that it was going to be the five of us. And Brian had a little itinerary and an agenda. And he says, well, here's, uh, we're going to go out on Saturday. And maybe it would just be Saturday, but we'll see how things go. And I offered to pay for hotel rooms for everybody uh, in Grand Coulee. And so that's what happened. We stayed at this old school uh, motel, basically. Very nice. Uh, we each had individual rooms. And so uh, Joel and Brian drove over from Seattle a couple of days early and they canoed out to the outcrops and cleaned up the outcrops and got them ready for filming, essentially. And Jerome, who's extremely busy as department chair of Vancouver Island University's geology department, uh, was so ex was thrilled to have this opportunity to meet Atwater and be part of it. Let me finish my thought there. Atwater's different than the other. Atwater's different. He's extremely well respected by all. He. Choosing my words carefully, what can I say, man? It hasn't been great. There's not a ton of young people working on the Ice Age floods. And in addition to that, there's not a lot of open discussion. Let's just leave it there. There's not a lot of open discussion. And so Atwater is different because he's well-respected. He has experience. He's eccentric. Let's just say it. He's eccentric. He's an eccentric guy. And when you're out in the field with him, he's got so much to say. And his brain works so quickly. And he's got this aw shucks, humble demeanor. And he says, well, I don't know anything about that. But then you start talking to him. He's obviously, he's read all this stuff. He's been thinking about it forever. But he's open. He's open. And, you know, it's pretty rare to be a guy in your 70s and you're energized and open to new ideas, just generally. <laughs> and so I thought there was a chance if Jerome was with Joel and Brian Atwater anywhere in eastern Washington, I thought maybe there'd be a chance that there could be some of these open discussions. 
And I obviously think highly of Jerome, and I think highly of Joel, and I captured with the video the flavor of what was happening. And the flavor was back and forth, back and forth. What if this? What if that? And Jerome, I think, was getting more and more outrageous in his sharing of ideas, just basically testing the waters, no pun intended, with that water. And to see if there'd be pushback. And there wasn't. I think also, Atwater, who was like meeting Jerome for the first time that morning as we're, as we're filming, <laughs> I think Atwater was kind of testing Jerome and seeing how much, how much does this guy know. And yeah, I have to say it. Jerome was part of a 1999 scientific paper that was called Back to Brett's that I studied with our Geology 351 students this past spring. And it was a paper that basically said, um, I don't think we need 89 floods. I don't think we need 40 floods that uh, are doing major damage across eastern Washington. I don't think these rhythmic deposits in southern Washington are recording you know, 40 major drainings of Glacial Lake Missoula. And the title of the paper, Back to Brett's, was can we get back to this, all these high-energy gravels uh, that are recording the major floods and not these delicate rhythmites. And there, uh, you're familiar with the World of Geology publication? There was a reply basically you publish the paper and then there's a formal process to come back at the authors. John Shaw was the leading author and a bunch of his graduate students from Canada were the co-authors, including Jerome Lessman. And the reply was rather terse, written by Brian Atwater and uh, Richard Waite. So this easily could have been more of that terse, absolutely no way. What are you doing? This is ridiculous that you're going back to Brett's and you're just basically discarding all of our work. But it wasn't like that. There was only one moment in the weekend where that paper was brought up and a little bit of discussion about why it was so confrontational. But Atwater, over the course of the weekend, was, I think, testing Jerome to see where he was coming from, how much he really did know. And it seems like Atwater was more and more impressed with Jerome as the weekend went on. I mean, ideally, if I'm dreaming now, ideally, uh, Brian Atwater and Jerome Lessman and Joel Gombiner are going to be working together over the next five years on some of these topics in Moses Cooley that we were talking about on the second day. So if you take the time to watch the video, it's different than many of the other ones. I'm not on camera. I'm not doing my geology 101 type stuff. I'm sure, in fact, I'm, I know it because some of the comments have, have indicated, like, I can't quite follow what these guys are talking about. I wish Nick would give us the geology 101 version of what's going on. You know, plenty of the videos are like that. I just filmed one yesterday up in Leavenworth. It's just me. I'm fumbling around. I'm, you know, looking at some 
homegrown colored pen diagrams and then I'm looking at the guts of a moraine. I mean, that works for pretty much everybody, regardless of background. But I, I like doing some of these other videos as well. And if it's not clear to you after seeing that video with Atwater in the Sandpoil, I'm just trying to record how bright, experienced, and open-minded people operate in the field. And it is, it's a kick in the pants. It's a good time. It's energizing. It's positive. And I only had two mics and four people talking. But the Saturday portion, the first half of the video that I'm making, giving you commentary on was from the Sandpoil in um, northern Washington. I've already described where that is. We did need canoes, so Brian had his canoe, and Jerome drove his canoe from Vancouver Island across the border. Uh, it was elaborate to get over there, and you know, all this you can imagine, canoeing equipment, and then I've got my filming equipment, and and Atwater's, you know, says this is going to be a sloppy to work at these outcrops. He's got gators for everybody. He's got hard hats because there's a bunch of cobbles up on top of the banks that might fall down. Uh, and is Atwater just going to outcrops that he knows? Well, no, he's he's continuing to explore, even though he pretty much has the Sandpoil story figured out. It's my first time in the Sandpoil. It's the first time Jerome had been there, I think. Definitely the first time Jerome had been with, with Atwater. And, and I, I guess Jerome and Joel, even though they're writing a paper together and both have detailed experience with Moses Cooley and both have a subglacial story with Moses Cooley, I think they've only met a couple of times or spent some time together in person. One of the times being down here in Ellensburg last spring when I had everybody down for the uh, Geology 351 experience. So it's a good group of geologists that are actively thinking together. And the second day, so in other words, Atwater was noncommittal about the Sunday as well. So I drove up, I got up at 4.30 on Saturday morning and drove up to Grand Coulee and had breakfast with, with everybody and then was just ready for a full day of filming, and that's what we did on Saturday in the Sandpoil. Then we had dinner in Grand Coulee, then Karen drove home, and we all stayed that night in our little motel rooms. And then Sunday at breakfast, Atwater's like, well, I guess we're not ready to go back to Seattle yet, huh, Joe? So what can we do for like a half day? And there were different options presented, but it was landed on that, let's show you some stuff we've been working on in Moses Cooley, Brian. And Joel in particular said there's a portion of the Great Bar where Highway 2 crosses Moses Cooley. There's a, 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 there was a thunder, an intense, intense thunderstorm last summer, just a couple months ago, Then Joel saw the exposed guts of that Great Bar and wanted to show both Brian and Jerome. So I filmed there. And that's where I stopped the video that I posted the other day. But that Sunday continued, three vehicles, me driving my own little white car, Jerome now driving his Vancouver Island University white truck with his canoe on top, and that water and his old his uh, Honda Accord with his 
with his uh, famous canoe sitting on top of it and uh, Joel in the, in the shotgun, we drove down the rest of Moses Cooley. We stopped a couple of times, continued to think. Now I'm done filming. We're just talking. And then we stopped last on Sunday afternoon at the big expansion bar at the mouth of Moses Cooley, downstream from Rock Island Dam, and that's downstream of Wenatchee. And earlier that morning, I we Joel had a bunch of beautiful maps that he's kind of been working on for these new papers, I guess. And I asked the table, basically, what what are some areas that have the most interest and most promise to you with future Ice Age Floods work, whether it's you guys or some subset of you guys or maybe some new young people? And Jerome's answer was easy. The mouth of Moses Cooley. To, to Jerome, that is the key place to work out the timing of Canadian floodwater, Montana floodwater, uh correlating between benches up and down the Columbia and going up the Okanagan River as well. And there's now LIDAR that, that these guys have. And I think it's safe to say that Brian Atwater, by the mid-afternoon on Sunday, was, was pretty pumped. A bunch of new thoughts for him. And if that continues, and if Brian and Jerome continue to collaborate, by email at least, and bounce ideas back and forth, Maybe there is a chance that there'll be some new professional work between Atwater and Lessman. That would be a thrill to see that. But even if Brian is just choosing to just stay back in the weeds and uh, not publish anymore, but just kind of be a the Yoda of the experience, uh, that would be a fine role for him as well. He's in charge, obviously, of what he wants to do, but... Uh, I'm hoping that Joel will get a postdoc somewhere and will continue with Moses Cooley and some of these concepts. And then I hope, ultimately, I hope that Jerome can actually publish <laughs> some of his fine work, which has not been possible the previous 15 to 20 years, apparently. I don't really know the whole story, but maybe my role is, is in a small way helping propel this discussion a little bit further. I think that's it for today. I've got a couple of videos that are coming out in the next couple of weeks involving Central Cascades Alpine Glaciers, which seems like it's got nothing to do with the Ice Age floods in eastern Washington, but I think that you'll I think that you'll see the connection and, and why I'm doing that. And I have to share it right now. It's very early on Sunday morning. The sun hasn't even come up yet. Bijou's still sleeping. Out of the blue, I heard from Jay Harlan Bretz's great, great granddaughter. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to be too eager to ask her a million questions, but... She left a comment on one of the videos recently and said that she has some old papers uh, from the family. So that's the breaking news. We'll see how far that goes. I, I assume it's real. She's not making it up, but we'll see. Okay.
Thanks for listening to this audio episode, dear listener. I hope everything's going well with you. Ice Age Floods on the brain coming to a screen near you in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. I love you and goodbye from Ellensburg, Washington, USA.